Welcome to the Coffee and Catnaps Parenting Podcast, brought to you by Lake Country Sleep. I'm your host, Erin. I am a boy mom, avid coffee drinker, sleep consultant, and expert in early childhood development and education. I hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome to this episode of the Coffee and Catnaps podcast. Today, I have my team member, Andrea Marino, joining me. How are you today, Andrea? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing good. So I wanted to bring Andrea onto this episode because she is a seasoned mom. She works with people um, and has a way with words. So I thought this would be a a good conversation to have with her. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about navigating conversations with family members about sleep training and or your beliefs around sleep for your child. It can sometimes be a difficult conversation to have, especially with, you know, a parent or a grandparent um, when you're trying to explain to them you know, what you do for your baby and maybe the why behind it. So we're going to get into some of that today. So Andrea, one of the things that I constantly find myself, um, not so much like, I guess it is kind of teaching, um, like my, my mom or my mother-in-law or anyone who's helping with the boys, um, you know, why we do the things we do, because a lot of it comes back to the current, most current research and recommendations for safe sleep. That's a lot of it. Um, Do you want to just talk a little bit about, you know, like your overarching why behind these things? So I, yeah, I get a lot of like pushback too from, um, from like my mom uh, mainly, but my biggest why is in regards to like s- sleep and safe sleep is I always tell like my mom, I was like the way that my babies need, or my children need to sleep because that's the way they grow. And, um, that's like my biggest why, and my biggest reason why I am so passionate about like healthy sleep and an appropriate bedtime, um, and going to s- going to sleep an appropriate time and waking up an appropriate hour, just because I know during like that sleep, that's like when their like brain like repairs and they, their cells grow and their tissues grow and their bones grow and everything. There's just a lot of growth there. So that is why I think that sleep is so important. It's not just because I need a break in the evenings. It's because they, we want, I want them to have a great sleep so that they can grow. So it's a big priority for their well-being, not just yours, but theirs. And I think that's definitely a good way to start that conversation with a grandparent or, you know, another caregiver because they care about your child too, and they want what's best for them. And if you can frame it in that way, like this is what's best for my child, um, that's always like a positive way to start that conversation. Um, I also like to stem back to like research because when we know better, we can do better. And 
over time with more studies, um, more evidence, we see that there are things that used to take place that weren't necessarily safe and, you know, caused harm to some babies. And we wouldn't want that to happen. Um, I think back to like when I had my first son and I see some photos of what we did, like just trying to get him to sleep. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know any better. And now that I do and feel it's my job to help educate anyone else who's helping take care of my child to keep him safe, right? So extra blankets in the crib, like, no, that's a big no for me right now. And it necessarily wasn't back then. I think it was like the first day he was home from the hospital my parents were over making dinner and hanging out and we had this big blanket in the crib with him. Like it was tightly fitted around the mattress. So it wasn't loose, but still like, it's just not safe. And when you know better, you can do better. So like over time, as I read up more on sleep and the safe sleep recommendations, um, you know, I had to have those conversations with anyone who was helping out with our baby. And it wasn't always easy, but when it comes to the safety and well-being of your child, like, I don't think there's anything we wouldn't do. Right. Totally. And I think one of the biggest things that a lot of like grandparents or like parents, um, say too, is like, well, you did like, we did that with you and you turned out just fine. And you hear that a lot. And it's like, yes, like, we did, but, and like, thank goodness we did, but there's just, like you said, there's so much research out there or studies that have shown that for instance, like back to back to sleep and like tummy to play. Whereas I know even with my mom, I come from a family of three, each of her kids was a different sleep position. Like one was like side and one was on their belly. And then I think my sister, who's the youngest, she was finally the back, but it changed. And like, we're not, we're all pretty close in age. So there wasn't a a huge span of years between us. And just within that time, so much has changed. So there has just been like a lot of like a lot of things that have changed or even bumper pads. That was a really, really big one. When I was a kid, you always put bumper pads around like the crib, um, just because yeah, like they were afraid of like them getting like babies getting stuck or uh, or getting like hurt. Um, but now cribs are also, are also developed or made where the slats are, are smaller. Right. Whereas like before it was a little bit wider and a child could fit through. So it's just, there's just so much that has changed back then. And I think just reminding our like grandparents or caregivers, um, that it has changed and absolutely pointing to the research and the studies is definitely, beneficial and it helps it helps them understand I guess the reasoning behind the things that we do now versus what they did back then I think that's such a good point like it also takes out like it doesn't make it feel so personal like like you're attacking them right like it's this is current common practice and it's it changes I I have um, an aunt and uncle who had kids when I was in high school. Um, So we were older and I remember when they had their baby, like, um, well, when we had ours, then she was like reminiscing about when they had their babies and what they all did and just how much had changed in like a decade time, like 10 years. There was such a change between 
what recommendations were then compared to what they are now. So I think it's just really important that if you are a newer mom or you have, um, you're one of the first in your family to have kids and maybe this is new and exciting for your parents to be grandparents or, you know, to have other caregivers coming into your home. Um, it's just a matter of educating them if there has been some time that has passed because a lot can change very quickly. And again, like just coming at it from that perspective, it's not personal. This is just what best practices are right now. Um, so some things we can, uh, we can give you a quick list here of some things that there's like research on. So if you wanna dig a little deeper, um, there are proven benefits to using white noise. So if anyone's questioning like, well, why do you need to use white noise and why do you play it all night long? Like <laughs> there's proven benefits that it improves the quality of sleep. Um, and why do you play it that loud, right? So like find a good research article and send it their way. Say, this is why. <laughs> like I want my kid to get the best quality sleep and this is one of the ways that we help do that. Um, also like following wake windows, paying attention to sleep pressure and sleep cues. Um, why we don't hold for all sleep. That's not necessarily like research, but um, the more your baby practices sleeping in their crib, the better they're going to get at it. So, you know, I have this big thing of the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time we're like following our rules for sleep. So having the baby sleep in the crib on their back. And then, um, you know, if grandma's over and wants to hold them for a nap, that's fine. It's not a big deal. 80-20, right? Um, why we don't always feed to sleep. Easier said than done in the newborn stage. But um, again, it comes with that whole piece of practicing you know, if we can allow our baby other ways to fall asleep, they will become a more skilled sleeper and a better sleeper. And the more opportunities we give them to do it on their own, the better they're going to get at it. Um, we had kind of mentioned this, but why we don't lay babies on their tummies. I think like when you said, um, we put them on their back to sleep now, you know, a parent could say, well, we laid you on your tummy and you survived. Yes, very true. And I'm glad, but there were babies who didn't, you know, mm -hmm. so that it, it just comes back to when we know better, we can do better. Um, and same thing with why we don't use blankets in the crib, why you might consider using a pacifier for a certain amount of time, um, why you would want it to be dark in the room. I know <laughs> my parents, both my parents and my in-laws uh, kind of not that they weren't ever disrespectful about it, but they were like kind of poking fun at the fact that I would like put tinfoil over the windows or set up the slumber pod. I'm like, well, I want it to be dark. I want them to get good sleep. They're crabby if they don't sleep well. And that's not fun for anyone. Right. Yeah. I have, I have been there too. My mom just like, just laughs or just like shakes her head and she's like, you do you. <laughs> Thanks, mom. So she's the same too. Like she, she definitely, my family, my parents definitely like support it, but it's one of those things where they just kind of, they chuckle because they didn't, a lot of this, this kind of stuff they didn't really do. Right. Or some of this stuff wasn't like, for instance, the slumber pod, 
my parents think that thing is fascinating because like something like that didn't exist back then. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I love that thing. Mm-hmm. You laugh at me all you want. I'm going to keep using it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's kind of like talk about what if there is tension over one of these subjects or some sort of disagreement, what do we do? So a big one for me is kind of just remembering that you are like the mom and these are your babies. And yes, your family members, they love them also as well, but you definitely have to just kind of set up your boundaries. Um, In regards to even for me, one of the biggest things is when it comes down to bedtime, I am a big believer in an early bedtime. And that is something that I have like kind of come into conflict with because, um, my mom and I, I always chat with my mom is she's our main, she's our main like babysitter, I guess she doesn't like to be called that. But so she, one of the biggest things for her is like, she's like, well, if you just, she has that mentality that if you put them to bed later, that they'll like sleep in longer. And there's also research out there that says that, no, even if you put them to bed, later put them to bed earlier they're still going to wake up at the same time and that is one thing that I have kind of I guess one of my biggest conflicts if I'd even call it that that I've kind of come across and one of the biggest things is just kind of reminding my mom that like this is our this is our routine they my kids strive on routine like thrive on routine they um they go to bed at this time and I I even tell her I was like honestly when I put them to bed later they're still going to be up like between 6.30 and 7 a.m. And not even that, they'll be up at 6.30 and 7 a.m., but then they're going to be cranky. Whereas when I put them to bed at 6.30 p.m., 7 p.m., they will wake up happy. So, and it just makes our day that much more smoother. So one of the biggest things, like I said, is just kind of um, like boundaries, like just reminding kind of your family or your parents or caregivers um, why you do what you do and like, and the outcome and like hope that they respect that. I love that. I think, um, you know, reminding them of why, and then getting into the benefits, excuse me, the benefits for them. Um, you know, when so-and-so wakes up, they're going to be happy and they're going to be ready to play with you. Right. Like what Mm -hmm. grandparent doesn't want joyful time spent with their grandchild. So, um, I think, Anything like that is just going to work in your benefit um, and just stay as positive as you can, because it's like you said, you love them. They're your kids, um, but those grandparents love them too. Um, so just reminding them that, you know, it's my baby, my rules, and we want to be able to enjoy our time with you. And this is part of that and just holding those boundaries as best you can. What about, um, like if you're deciding to like more formally sleep train, um, and a grandparent or a caregiver isn't on board with that. Yeah, that one's a, that one's a tough one, but I think like it's been mentioned a lot in this podcast is like, or explaining the why, like why you're doing it. And also I think a big part is um, explaining what you're doing. Cause sometimes too, like sleep training, those words, it, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't have a very good name, I guess. So just like really letting them know, like what's happening, why you're doing it. Um, basically kind of 
saying like, yeah, like in order for them to sleep better, like it, it will help their physical state, their mental state, their emotional state and that, and we, they need that help. So, right. So the sleep training will kind of give them that like confidence, um, and that help to be able to connect those sleep cycles, go to sleep, stay, to, stay asleep and sleep all night, um, and wake up a happy baby. So I love that. That's a great answer. Honestly, I think, um, when it comes down to it, what you said before, you love your baby, they love your baby, you know, always coming from that and the research (laughs) and the why is important. So keep that in mind, especially, um, these next few weeks with the holidays and, um, do what's best for your baby and your family and trust your instinct and hold your boundaries if you have to. Um, If you are interested in working with either Andrea or myself, Andrea is now on the Lake Country Sleep team offering full support packages. So make sure you check that out on our website, lakecountrysleep.com. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook and follow the podcast if you are not already a subscriber. Thanks for listening and we will see you next time. If you found today's episode of the Coffee and Catnaps Parenting Podcast helpful, relevant, timely, relatable, we hope that you subscribe to the show, follow along, Leave us a five-star rating and review and share this with your friends. Your ratings and reviews help grow the show so that we can bring this awesome resource to parents everywhere.